0: Hey, I'm Danny Levy, and you're listening to Digital Transformation and Leadership. This is the show where we go behind the scenes with today's top business leaders to understand how they're digitally transforming their company. This week I'm joined by Terence Lee, Chief Procurement Officer, Asia-Pacific Procurement and Supply Chain Optimization at Geodis Singapore. Terence, welcome to Digital Transformation and Leadership. Hey, thank you. Thank you for being here. So, uh, Terence, just before we get started today, it'd be great if you could quickly introduce yourself and what it is you're doing.
1: So, my name is Terence Lee. I'm actually the Chief Procurement Officer for Jodis uh, Supply Chain Optimization here in Asia Pacific. And uh, at the same time, I'm also helping out and heading up the uh, business development for Asia Pacific as well. Um, A little bit about myself, I came from a very diverse industrial uh, background. Uh, it ranges from FMCG, consumer electronics, um, medical device, aerospace and defense, and of course, my dear logistic and supply chain. Um, been doing um, transformational change and organizational changes uh, for the last fifteen years. Uh, career spending for the last twenty-five. So, I my desire is to, to really continue this passion and as well as to share.
0: Wonderful. So I think the conversation is going to be very good today based on that. But but before we get into it, Terrence, I thought it'd be good if we could break the ice a little bit. So <laughs> if you were stranded on a desert island, uh, think Tom Hanks in Castaway, and you could only have one song, what would it be and why? One song? Um,
1: most likely that song would be an oldie. So I would guess my favourite song would be Yesterday from the Beatles. I think that's a song that I could probably sing every single hour for the next, I think, five to ten years, and I not get sick of it.
0: You can't go wrong, really, with the Beatles. It's, a, it's hard if you've got to pick just one, but I think yesterday is a very good show. Yeah, it, it, it's either the
1: Beatles or Queen,
0: right? So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, I think the
0: the Beatles probably stirs more melancholy feelings, maybe. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And you're stranded on an island, so it's like a good yeah. fit. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Terence, we're gonna we're gonna get into a topic uh, today around demystifying digital transformation. And as mm-hmm. you touched on in the introduction, it's something that you've that you've worked on and been involved in for many years. And you give training on it regularly, and, and work internally with various stakeholders. Yep. Um, so the first topic we're going to unpack is digital transformation just a hype. So it'd be great if you could unpack this for for me and the listeners.
1: Okay. Digital transformation is just a hype, that's what most people uh, might think. I think two points here, there's a lot of misconception among people that um, it's too expensive, you know, it's three points, you know, I see this very frequently, it's too expensive, it's too time consuming, and it's really for the big boys, the big MNCs, not for the small and medium enterprises. I think if I were to address them individually, um, the misconception is this, it's too expensive. Maybe 10, 15 years ago, it is the case. But right now, it's really, really affordable. Um, Things have drastically changed. Um, Programming is a lot more easy. You don't really have to have a degree in computer science before you could actually implement some digital transformation. So it is very affordable now. It is too time-consuming. I think um, partially this is true, Um, as with all things, right, you know, planning needs time, Um, correct implementation needs time, transformation itself needs time, and and I think the most important thing is that it always involves three facets, people, process, and systems. So, you can't jump the gun um, as much as you want to. You can try to compress the timeline, but it's not going to be... um, you know, completely at the snap of the finger kind of uh, implementation. Um, But one thing is for certain, it's far lesser time now than before. Why? Because a lot of organizations have gone through this journey. There's a lot of write-ups about this. There's a lot of training available. There's a lot of guidance in the market. So this, I think, it still takes time. Probably not um, not as, as extensive as it would have been 10 to 15 years ago. Um, now, it's it's only for the big boys and not for the SME. Actually, that's really not true because, um, in fact, the small medium enterprises gain most from digitalization. And in fact, some of them in the year 2020, uh, during the COVID pandemic, um, those that have gone through the digital uh, journey has seen tremendous growth of more than 50 to double the sales in 2021. Um, I think that's a a really good testament because the small media enterprise is a really huge percentage of most Singapore itself is like 99% of the enterprises uh, in Singapore are just coming from SME. So if they can get it right and they have this um, demystified for them, I think they will be easily connected to um, their customers, their end customers, their retailers and to each other more seamlessly now the other thing uh, about what people why people think that this is a hype i think um people believe that this is just about playing um a short game you know it's it's a, a digital transformation is a hype it's it's for now it's going to work forever um actually that's not true the gi- digital transformation is about playing the long long game not about the short game there are some short short-term games that people will have but um playing the long-term um, strategy in digital transformation is actually the winning formula why because it needs time for data to be uh, made available and gathered and once those data are available you need that uh, opportunity to gain that visibility from end to end of how that that data and information will then service and predict for you um, so If you play a short-term game and just say that digital is for the next uh, three to five years of my journey, I think you're very short-sighted. It doesn't allow you to have very good flow analysis. Um, It doesn't allow you to have very good continual improvement um, programs established. And I think the part that most people fail to see is that if it's done properly, this long-term game actually increases your work capacity, but at the same time, decreasing your human intervention, freeing up the valuable human resources to do the other important things in life. So, I think this is this is the the misconception that people have that you know, digital transformation is just a hype. It's just a hype word that th- some consultant has coined and uh, you know, is floated around. It sounds really hippie and it sounds good. Um, it sells and let's use it, um, but what they didn't realize is that behind these two words, digital transformation, it's a long game, uh, a really long marathon game that you have to play, you have to play it diligently, you can't be sprinting all the way, you have to pace yourself, and eventually the game is a far more um, uh, bigger treasure, so to speak, okay, that people can can look forward to.
0: Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Charles. That was a fantastic way to, to kick us off there. Um, just interested to come back to you with a couple of questions based on, on what you talked us through. You mentioned that a lot of people get quite intimidated when they hear the word digital transformation because they think, oh, this is going to be so expensive. Um, but you were saying that, you know, nowadays it's 2021, that's really not the case. What advice would you give to people if you if, they're just moving into this area or they are they are digitizing, um, but they're still finding it a bit intimidating in terms of cost. What, what would be some recommendations in terms of making sure you can break it down between what's a must have, what's a good to have, and, and what's just a nice to have? Okay,
1: and good question. It is daunting if you go out there and start looking at the brands that's available um, in the market, you know, you, you you look at Ariba, SAP, and so on and so forth. Um, you will start to say that, oh, it costs you a huge amount. But then again, if you really look back, some of us already have some of these tools in-house um, for the newer batch of um, Office 365 that people have deployed in their organization. It actually comes with a nifty set of tools already. You, you don't have to um, sort of like uh, go out and spend another hundred or a thousand just to get another tool. The Office 365 yeah. subscription that you already have with Microsoft allows you to have very good use of things like SharePoint, um, Power Automate and so on and so forth. So these tools will help you to a certain extent. Now, the next thing is to really level set your expectation. If you want to go big bank, then correspondingly, the kind of expense, the kind of um, um, effort that you're going to put in is going to be huge. But if you level set your expectation, and probably my recommendation to most people is start small. Gain some experience first, and then look at scaling that up. If you start small, you can then manage your costs and resources more effectively. Now, starting small doesn't mean that you don't do things with a long-term vision, right? There are three components, as I mentioned, people, process, systems. First thing, you really need to spend the time to get your people ready for this kind of transformation. If not, they are going to be a problem for you in the end. Processes, if you need to stabilize and as well as to streamline or even just clearly define your processes, I think that is an effort that you need to, to put in all these two parts, you know, the people and the processes, you don't really need to go out there and buy a lot of expensive systems, right? You, you can actually get some really, really affordable help from consultants, from from some of your friends even who are who are familiar with, with this kind of training and this kind of um, empowerment. Get them in, give some advice and try it yourself so, so that you can get a hang of it. You know, once you get a hang of it, then you can have a better visibility of, Of implementing something bigger Um, it's the same back in the year 2000 when people were talking about the dot-com boom you know you want to create a website you go hire the biggest company out there to create the biggest and nicest looking uh, website with all the whims and fancies the, the the whistles and everything you know buttons that can fly but do you really need that if you don't a simple website you can learn the HTML and back then you do require some degree of programming knowledge. Right now, you don't have to do anything. You just got to tell a platform where you want to put things, and that's it, right? So it it could start really small internally. Just look at what you're doing. Take a very big blank piece of paper, you know, and and start really drawing boxes, listing down what are the processes that you have, and then look at it and start to see areas where you can start small. You know, it's not difficult to put a macro into your Excel right now. That is one form of digitization. It's not difficult to get a um, OCR, optical character recognition software, to start scanning your invoices and digitizing them. These are not expensive options. So I think that's where some people might be afraid that, you know, I have to go big bang. If you level set your expectation, start small and gain the experience first, gain that confidence I think it wouldn't be that costly
0: and Terence the other thing I was interested in just to come back on. you mentioned that that sometimes the mistake people make is that they they get into it more with more of a short term mindset um and they don't really allow enough time you know for the right data to be gathered so they can't kind of pull the best insights um just just wondered if you could clarify for the listeners what what's a good kind of time frame to go into something like this with? um
1: time frame okay i think in terms of data gathering it really it depends on how much data you have to start with um for example mm. some of the other clients that i worked with in the past um they've got years of hard copy invoices uh, years of them yeah. and that's actually a good source right so the the problem with that one is you just got to spend the time to digitize that that 5 years worth of invoice into a digital format and if your invoices have been changing along the way, um, the details that it captures changes along the way, you've got to figure out a way to standardize and, and have the same degree of granularity in your data. So that would typically take anywhere between 6 to 12 months. Okay, if you do it faster, you got more um, hired help. Yes, you can scan it faster. Really, it's just getting an OCR software and, and getting that done. Understanding the fields that you want to have in your database and then just make, making sure that the right data is in the right column in the right cell in your Excel and that's it. That's, that's the starting point. Um, beyond that, it's where you want to start the, uh, to become a bit more creative in terms of how you use that data. Now, the data itself will not tell you much unless it makes sense. And it will make sense if you have a good process flow. It tells what does this data mean in the whole scheme of things. If you have those two things together, your flow analysis, the the kind of um, um, algorithms that you can potentially work on, it's okay. That's the other word. the the, the word algorithm um, literally freaks out majority of my friends and and. And our clients, because <laughs> it's a scary word. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you need to have a PhD in order for you to come up with one. Um, yeah, it doesn't. um we, we use the word algorithm because it is the the right professional term to use. You know, algorithm could be as simple as A plus B equals to C, right? And that that actually everyone has it in your Excel today. You know, in if you did some form of sum, it's basically sum of cell A to Z, for example. That's an algorithm. It's a simple one, right? Now, you can start off with a more complex one where you can start to have some degree of um, um, trend trend analysis um, algorithms to do that. But I think most people merge algorithm to AI to um, uh, machine learning ML okay AI is artificial intelligence I, I think that they these there's a lot of algorithm be, behind AI there's a lot of algorithms be, behind machine learning as well yes that's true uh, it is more difficult to understand but you don't have to go to the extreme end um, and once you know that your flow is in a particular manner your process is is, um, is in this particular way um, and these data that you have collected relates to your process in a particular way for example if we know that you are selling a um, 1,000 items of a particular product, and you're able to break down that this 1,000 items actually comprise of five components, and these five components came from your five different suppliers. Now, that's already a very good way of analyzing your, uh, I'm giving you a base to analyze the spend that you have with suppliers. And then that will enhance your uh, interaction with them. Uh, where you probably didn't know that you had been spending a lot more eh, with them uh, three years ago versus now okay and why did the, the amount drop? You, you are able now able to analyze if you have the data, if not it's just going to be a gut feel um, and most um, SMEs that I've spoken to um, they know how much they spend with the supplier but that's because they, they issue a check or they transfer money at the end of the month and it's in lump sum but when you ask them what are you spending most with them? Okay, and when are you spending most with them? That's where the challenges come. And now with these the kind of data already established, um, it would give the the user or, or the person who's looking at it more in more insights, more hindsight as well, so that they can then develop their foresight. You know, but the daunting um, task is really getting the beginning going, the, the data, digitize it, and then understanding your process. So I would say a comfortable range for most organization is anywhere between um, easily 18 months. Um, you should be able to see a very, very solid uh, digital transformation if well guided. Um, and I'm not talking about just being able to have data in a database. Um, I would give an example of a client A, um, they have everything on paper, every single thing, um, including their receiving receiving notes, um, uh, including their invoicing, including their payments. Everything is on paper, so they probably spend about six plus months, um, with family members coming in to help to digitize those um, hard copies. While they are doing that. The owner actually spent about a good eight months looking at all the processes, how they buy, uh, putting in a proper bomb system to track the components that make up the final product and so on and so forth. And eventually, when we merge both, they could start to see where they are spending the money, where their details are. And they start writing a little bit more, um, I will not say programming, but a, a little bit more. I'm, I'm trying to avoid the word algorithm. Um, um, They're trying to make a little bit more sense in terms of how A and B will work together to give you something else. And that's the part that took them at least about four to five months. So in all, close to 18 months, at the end of the day, they no longer um, issue an invoice via hard copy. They actually digitally um, transfer from a Word document to a PDF and emailing it out. Um, and when the supplier sends them a hard copy, it's okay. They will just scan, and it because of the OCR, it basically just you know sends the data that it picks up into the right database in the right cell, and all this cuts down their whole entire time. So that frees them up to you know do more in terms of their business development, um, finding new products in the market to to bundle or, or um, sort of like support their main products. That's... That process took about 18 months. So it's, it's that kind of um, experience that you will see if you spend a good
0: 18 months transforming. Terence, thanks for the breakdown there. Um, really good, so 18 months is, is really what you need to invest to start to see kind of uh, major changes within the company. Good, good time frame. So the second second point we're going to talk about here is is digital transformation is all about technology, and I think we we all do this, don't we? We think digital transformation, and the first thing that jumps into our mind is is tech, tech, and more tech, and maybe some <laughs> algorithms. Um, <laughs> but it'd be it'd be good if you could again kind of talk us through um, what you mean by this point.
1: Yeah, well, um, like I said, you know, most people, when they hear digital transformation, the first word is digital. So if it's digital, it has to be tech, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, not really true. Uh, so, <laughs> Digital, yes, it involves a lot of um, bits, bytes, uh, ones and zero binary codes. And, and yes, that's the reason why it's called digital. But the, the, the word more important focal point there is actually the word transformation. Digitization is just one part of it. Transformation is the key. And if you want to do any form of transformation, whether it be it transformational change in your organization, uh in a particular function, in a particular way of marketing or selling your product or even like in this case digitization um of your whole entire uh company's way of operation. Um it's more about people, process, and then the system comes after that. Now, why do I say that? Because the, one of the biggest common misconceptions that I've seen is that if I want to do digital transformation, I just got to save up, have a lot of money, buy the biggest tech available, and it will work. It won't. Most of the time, it will give you more headaches than it will give you solutions. Why is that? It's because people miss out the most important thing, um, which is people. You know, right now... Um, there's better understanding that there's people, then processes, then systems um, than before. Okay, 10 years, 15 years ago, you tell any company they will spend a lot of money buying the tech and then to have, uh, you know, someone to blame about 12 to 24 months later because the tech didn't work. The problem is people then were not aware. They were not made aware. They didn't adjust to it. They didn't accept that there's a need for transformation and therefore they resist So digital transformation is not only about tech, it needs tech, but it also requires the people and process to transform first in order for the digital journey to be more complete. Now, if more people are willing to accept that transformation and the clearer the processes are, the easier it is for you to deploy a tech. Okay, If the people are unwilling to accept transformation, they're constantly finding ways to keep norm business as usual and your processes is all over the shop, not well documented. And you go out there and you buy a tech, the chances of that succeeding, it's very low. Will it succeed? Maybe. But chances of it failing is actually much higher because the people will resist it they won't accept it. They are just asking them to key in two more numbers in, in on your keyboard in your invoice would probably tell you that it's going to spend more time. But that's one problem that's resulting in why the tech is not working. The other also is because the processors, if your processes are all over the shop, it's not well interfaced between your beginning to end, your receiving to your production, to your, your warehousing and eventually to your distribution. The data will be there, but you won't be able to make very clear sense. Now, when you buy a tech to fit that, the, the first thing you will notice is, as with all tech, like, you know, SAP, you will start to realize that you need to do a lot of, um, manipulation of that tech. You need to put in a lot of changes, a lot of modifications to it, and that will cost you. So that that is a down. There's a complete downward spiral if you start off just saying that you know transformation is about tech, buy the tech and then it will work for you. That's typically the solution for a failure or a solution for a downward spiral. Now, tech is a tool. Um, like I say, I think the biggest component there is really people, process, systems, and I think a lot of people didn't understand that people. Is just as important as everything else that you need. You know, a, a lot of companies say that people are just numbers. No, they are not. They are actually the ones that make your whole entire company what it is. And um, the biggest example that I can give is um, many years ago, um, I was helping this company implement a, a, a new uh, transformation and there was a, a computer system that was running behind the scene in... Basically, twenty-four hours when when the, no one was was attending to it, it was churning out reports. Um, after about three weeks of implementing, um, there were so many errors in the report. There were so many missing reports, and so on and so forth. And nobody could figure out why. The program was running. Uh, it was perfectly okay. And then we started investigating and we found out the reason why the reports were not being generated or there were errors is because in the wee morning when the helper or the cleaner comes into the office, that cleaner turns off the power. And therefore, the computer shuts down, right? And before she leaves, she turns it back on. Nobody knew that until we we interview everyone. And when we interviewed the, uh, the cleaner, why do you do that? And the very first instinct was, I was told by people that this thing is going to replace my job. And because of that, she literally, inverted commas, sabotaged the company by turning the machine off and on. So nothing was working as it should because you interrupted the, the flow. So people is very important.
0: Very yeah. difficult to guard against that as well, isn't it? I mean, it's... Uh- <laughs> Complete unknown, isn't it? And again, going yeah. back to that, um, the big, the first part, isn't it, around people uh, when they've got that kind of fixed mindset or that huge fear of change. Perhaps they're going to do whatever they can to, to sabotage or talk negatively or or delay the inevitable, yeah. which is that you know this, exactly. this needs to happen.
1: Yeah, and and that's that's really. If I were to give anyone any advice, that's the first thing that you address. You really, I can share three simple A's and Mm -hmm. just remember, uh, three A. One, get your people to be aware. Once they're aware of why transformation is happening, usually the barrier is slightly lowered, not removed, but lowered. Right. And the second A is to get them to accept, accept that transformation has to happen. Right. Once transformation acceptance is there in the people, it's easier for them to adopt the third A, which is to adjust. Right, so aware, accept, adjust. If, you're, if you bring most of your staff and the people around you through this journey, uh, y- your transformation is at least half won already. Yeah. Right. So that's typically what I would recommend.
0: That's fantastic advice. I, I 100% agree that you've got to start with the people and then once you've won the battle of converting hearts and minds, you've got to have the mm. correct process and workflow. Um, in place. Absolutely. Otherwise, the best technology in the world won't solve your problems, it's never a silver bullet. Spot yeah. on. Spot on yeah. Anthony. Terence, love it. So, do you want to round us off now with the with the final point, which is, I think we touched on it a bit during the beginning, but it would be good if we could go into more depth here around SMEs. And again, it's why many SMEs, I guess, look at digital transformation and they immediately think, oh, that's not for us, it's too expensive, it's just for the, for the big boys. <laughs>
1: that's that's uh, both uh, a double sword um the two sides to the coin because for for most smes when they go out there and try to adapt some form of transformation they're taking reference from publications from books from from people who have helped uh like consultants you know help organization execute those transformations. and it is true that those transformation happened and it went really well um but Majority of them are based off big MNCs. So there are very good articles written about how Procter & Gamble has gone through the transformation. But hey, Procter & Gamble is a few billion dollars worth, right? And, you know, same thing for Nestle, same thing for Unilever and so on and so forth. Then most of the smaller um, fast moving consumer goods SMEs will be thinking, yeah, yeah, I, I can try to adapt that. No, you can't because every transformation is different. Every organization itself is different. So my recommendation here is before you think about implement something, understand how they implement it and the rationale behind it. That's more important for you. If you can understand how they did it and why they did it, uh, it's easier for you to adapt for your own use. Now, if you can adapt for your own use, for your own set of transformation, that's where the affordability comes in because you can then um implement in stages or implement what is only necessary or key to your your uh, business success so the degree to comfort um to self-innovate must be sort of like you know sort of like balanced against your best use of time and money Um, what does that mean so for example in julius seo um, we had a budget last year in 2020 to sort of revamp our internal system that is used by procurement. So it's called Joe Source. Um we are we wanted to do either an enhancement or to look out for another new system. So but that that budget just went poof it disappeared into thin air. And one thing we realized in in my organization in procurement, is said my people were very self-innovative. You know, They, they believe that there's still a gap, and, and if we wait for the budget to close the gap, it'll probably be too late. So one of our guys, actually, uh, not just one, but three of them, they decided to sit down together and figure out what's the best way to use Office 365, which is actually deployed in our organization. And they did it. In a matter of nine months, they came up with a platform that is very simple, that automated uh, missing gap within our system, which is the flow of getting approvals, right? The traditional way that we were doing the approvals is email back and forth and everybody agrees. Eventually you have the document sign off. That took time and sometimes because some people will be on holidays and all that, it went um, completely out of whack in terms of time management. We brought all that down to 16 minutes, one second. And the way we did it was with the Office 365, we were enabling um, process flows, automation. You flow from one person to the next. And if the person is not responding, that's automated reminder. Nobody needs to handle it. And the best thing is because Office 365 is available on your mobile, even if you're on a holiday, it's not that difficult for you to click and approve or reject button. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's as simple as that. You know, you can, we had a budget and our budget wasn't small, right? But, and, and Jodi's SEO is a relatively big company, but we behave as an SME. We know that there's a gap, we know our limitations, but we figure out that, hey, we can afford what we can afford, which is our time. We, we can't, we can't ask people to pay for our system. It's okay, right? We need to pool our resources to make sure that as a whole, as a company, we type through COVID-19 successfully. We got that. We understand it. Now that's where your um, people's awareness and acceptance have come in. They then adjusted. Everybody just said, "Okay, let's do it with what we have." And our initial thoughts were just making simple way of automating our outlook. You know, um, emailing out automate uh, automate that out outlook kind of uh, emailing system whereby you know every Friday you get a notice. We went from there and they said, "Hey." there's other parts of this 365 that we didn't explore let's try to explore it i think that's the part that most um, SMEs fail to see the the benefit of being an SME is you're way more nimble than MNC in many ways right so use that nimbleness to shape your transformation and it it will most likely be much more affordable than than what you think now the other way is that you must look around you, right? So in Singapore, we have a very supportive government. We have Enterprise Singapore that's constantly there helping people, um, organization to to adapt to the new changes that's happening around them. So look out for all these resources. You know, they, they do help you in terms of getting that extra mileage in terms of your journey. So get help where possible. You don't have to always spend money to get it there are available help. So there was a period where I was doing pro bono consultancy and my friends who had companies of their own came to me and I helped them. There wasn't any cost. Well, they bought me dinner, but I think dinner is the, the least of their worry. So so yeah, that's that's about it. You know, you, you must have that kind of levels of expectation. If, if the SME goes in and say, I read this article and the boss says that I want to implement the same thing that PNG did, um, and he didn't spend time to get the people convinced and on board. Um, you're not going to be very successful. You know, the first thing you'll complain that you're spending too much money. The next thing is people will tell you that they are spending too much time on this project and not doing their day job. So again, that will lead to a more downward spiral. Um, I, I think the last bit is um, they they have to the small media enterprises have to understand that like I said, this is a long game, right? This yeah. is about the future. As with all things, you can't go in without a future goal in mind. Yeah, if you, if you, you know, as with one, you know, seven habits of uh, highly effective people, right? Begin with the end in mind. If you don't have a goal, an end goal, if you just adapt along the way, you are not going to be very scalable. The things, the solutions that you put in place will not be very modular. Okay, you will not have a very good chance to bring your people on board as well. So start with angle in mind right tell your people that this is the angle share that angle make sure they see accept and aware of that angle and then once there's acceptance it's easier for you to shape the mindset of people like what you said danny i think that's very key Hmm. next thing after that is understand that your processes is not the same with the guy next door you don't have the same processes with your competitors if you do then one of you is redundant that's how easy to understand it, right? If you have the same processes, one party is redundant. Just go and figure out who that party is, right? So, understand that there's no one-size-fit-all approach, and it, there's no definitely no one-size-fit-all approach that will last forever without any change. It doesn't work that way, right? If you can have something that works for you, great. Get it done but remember you have to keep adapting you have to keep being nimble and adjust to change right so that that is something that I believe um you know most SME will feel and don't buy a big system start small you know some most most companies even sap and a well Ariba belongs to sap also even they are now coming up with more scalable solutions. Um, look at Microsoft, they went from a OS company, a company that sells basically your operating system to solution provider. Right. And same thing. If you ask someone 20 years ago and I think 20, 15, 20 years ago, what does Amazon sell? Most people will tell you books. Right. And things like that, You know, some s- small stuff, but Amazon cloud solution is one of the most well adopted one in the world right mm-hmm. now. They have reinvented themselves. And if big companies need to do that to stay alive, what more the SMEs? They have to be nimble. Right? They have to understand that solutions are there, but start off with uh, the right level of expectation. I think that's that's how they should look at the digital transformation.
0: Yeah. Love that! I love what you had to say there, Terrence, Around when you're uh, when you're an SME, or uh, um, you know, you're more nimble than M- an MNC, and use that nimbleness to shape your transformation. I really liked that. Mm-hmm. And and like you said, right, you don't have to start big. Big. I like the example you gave. You can you can take a step back and again look at where the friction points are. And sometimes it's just spending a bit of time, isn't it? Just doing that. That deep dive and, and making some small fixes which can save huge time and, and again free up people to be more strategic
1: absolutely and these kind of quick wins are really the the fuel that will keep your people going the fuel that will encourage and motivate people that you're on the right path
0: exactly so terence I've, I've loved talking through demystifying digital transformation with you we we talked around how digital transformation is not just a hype and you've got to play the the long game. When you play the long game, that's the key to winning. Um, how you how you need to break it down. It's not all about technology. The the people and the process are, are the are the most vital things. Uh, and then you bring in the technology when you've got that right. And then finally, just about that nimbleness of SMEs and and how b- if big companies can transform and go in new directions, why can't you? So really, really enjoyed yeah. it. Really enjoyed it, Terence. So so just to round us off, um, it would be great if you could share one life or career lesson uh, with the listeners
1: um okay so i'll share one learning um, personal and that's about people um people are our biggest asset if we fit as um we always say this you know the leader must understand how to work with people work for the people and so on and so forth but I think what people fail to understand that every one of us are a leader at one point in our life. It doesn't mean that you are in a position, therefore, you're always the leader. Uh, it doesn't mean that a manager or director is always the leader. Once in a while, they have to follow. So, people is is, is a very important and very... Um, it's, it's both an art and a science, you know, you got to figure out how to handle them. And once you have got that right formula, the right mix, miracles will happen. You know, a small media enterprise could boom overnight. Um, we have seen that in places in Southeast Asia, you know, where um, a, a simple uh, transportation company that started off with no more than five vans, you know, is now one of the bigger companies in Singapore, right? And of course, you look at the, the international players, you know, it started off um, like SF, uh, Sunfeng in, in, in that space start off small and look at them they are now one of the big players in asia um in china itself jd.com start off small right but they their people was there they all believed that they could do it um jack ma always said this right it's about the people um it's about how he worked um now some of us may not like jack ma's uh concept you know basically he says that you must work more than six days a, a week but the, the, the logic behind it is if you can get your people to do it and they're doing it willingly, I think that's the biggest thing that um, any company which will, will stand to gain. Um, one of the, the biggest learning um, institution that I came from wasn't my university that I was with. It's actually with PNG. PNG invested heavily in their people. And they believe that the success of the people is the responsibility of the manager, the people who manage these people. If your people needs to be successful, it's the responsibility of the manager. So the manager is not responsible to make sure that the people work. The, the manager's role is to make sure that they, the people under them has every single opportunity to be successful. And when you have that Permeated throughout your whole entire organization's culture, people will work. I still remember the days when I'm in BNG where um, my marketing colleagues do not go home, go into the bathroom, take a shower and continue the next day. They, they look tired. They haven't shaved for three days. But when they launch their marketing campaign, you see the joy, the kind of energy that, you know, radiates from them that their marketing campaign was highly successful because they invested the time and effort. That kind of energy, you, you, you can't buy that. No technology would help you with it, right? It's, it's the people. And once you get that right, you know, things will happen. Uh, Not just digital transformation, transformation in a whole will happen. And usually, it will happen with the
0: least amount of effort. I guess it goes back to having those people that that have that aligned passion, but also purpose, and then they kind of bring their yep. full their full selves and their. It's not just bringing your brain, isn't it? It's uh, it's bringing your heart yep. every day and your yeah. soul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the magic happens, like you said. And the magic. Yeah, you happens. can You can. No leader is good enough to do it alone. Yeah. Just just watch Walt Disney's um, biography. <laughs> not seen it.
1: It the list, it's, <laughs> ah, it's good it's good it's it's one person's goal shared by many okay. you know, everybody's dream so everybody lived up to it and brought what this thing up to what it is love it
0: so terence finally yeah. how can people get in touch if they want to find out more
1: you can go to linkedin and uh, you can look for terence the terence is a single r please do not write my name in a double R, you'll find another Terrence um, and I work for Jodis um, so Jodis SEO uh, you can look for Jodis itself Terrence Lee you should be able to find me um, LinkedIn is one way or you can just write to my email um, that's terrence.lee at jodis.com so happy to hear from everyone
0: Terrence loved uh, loved talking to you today it's been fantastic and uh, we'll, we'll do it again soon talk to you soon Love talking to you today take care You've made it to the end of another episode of digital transformation and leadership. If you're enjoying the show, please do leave us a five star rating on Apple podcasts. No need to leave a written review, just clicking on the five stars is enough. I'd really appreciate it as it helps the show get found and it helps those listener numbers grow. And we'll be back again next week when we will again go behind the scenes with another top business leader to understand how they're digitally transforming their company. A digital transformation and leadership podcast is a Blue Aurora media production.